Jim Jordan fails in a second round of voting to become Speaker of the House. The crisis at our southern border is back in the spotlight. Plus, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez just can't bring herself to support Israel. All that and more. I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour. God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Wednesday. I hope you're having a great week. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with Representative Jim Jordan and the race to become Speaker of the House. As you know, the House held a floor vote up for a speaker on Monday, and Jordan fell well short of the votes needed to capture the gavel. Democrat Hakeem Jeffries received all Democrat votes for a total of 212, while Jordan received 200. Here's former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee this morning prior to the Wednesday vote for speaker. This has gone on way too long. There are crises across the world, and it's been, frankly, a, a disaster for Republicans in general. It, it's just a bad look. And I think it's time for Republicans to do what Democrats are so good at, circle the wagons. If they have disagreements, do it behind the scenes, but don't take it out there where everybody can see uh, the fists flying. It's just been a, a disaster. Huckabee is right. When push came to shove on conservative principles, McCarthy felt the wrath of the very people he worked with to get the speakership in the first place. So McCarthy was ousted, but now we need a speaker. Work needs to get done, and the optics of Republican chaos and paralysis are not good at all. That brings us to today, where the House held a second vote for speaker, and the results were just as bad as on Monday, actually even worse, with four members who voted for Jordan on Monday changing their votes today. We saw Jordan lose four people who voted for him yesterday. That was Miller Meeks, Pete Stauber of Minnesota, Drew Ferguson of Georgia, and Vern Buchanan. And we saw again today, Bianca, that Jeffries got more votes than anybody else in the chamber today. During that report, Newsmax correspondent Alana Austin shared some comments from one Republican source, and it really summarizes what this is all about. It's a battle between a conservative vision and the establishment-filled swamp. I'd like to share something that I heard from a Republican source of mine ahead of today's anticipated loss for Jordan. And here's what he tells me. This is an extent existential fight for the swampers and K Street lobbyists. They will do everything they can to maintain the status quo. It's going to be a fight. That's exactly right. And the problem is that the House majority is so small that there isn't any room to maneuver. Following the failed vote on Wednesday, the interim House Speaker, Patrick McHenry, announced that the House stood in recess. That's when I had to come in here and record the show. So perhaps there was a third vote. But even so, it doesn't look like Jordan has the support to make it to 217. What happens next? Let me know in the comments. All right, next let's talk about the growing threat from our open southern border, but first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Okay, next let's talk about the ongoing crisis at America's southern border. And it just shows you that when you're dealing with left-wing Marxist radicals who are in power, their agenda of bringing down the West, especially America, trumps everything, including the safety of the people in this country. American citizens. In addition to the migrants who have been given court dates, often many years in the future, 
there are at least 1.6 million people identified as gotaways by Border Patrol since Biden took office. No processing, no screening, nothing. They just walked across the border and disappeared. And now we saw what happened with Israel, which does have a secure border, and how terrorists attacked anyway. Imagine who has entered the country now. With 1.6 million gotaways, we have no idea. Of those apprehended, we know that over 150 this year are people on the FBI's terror watch list. Over 150 known terrorists. Here's what's going on just since the beginning of October. You can't overstate how concerned border officials are at the number of migrants that are coming from countries with ties to terrorism. And as you noted, Fox News confirming that since the fiscal year began, October 1st, more than 16,000 known gotaways entered. They were observed and seen, not brought into custody. We don't know who they are, where they're from, or why they're here. 16,000 people have entered the country in the last two weeks, and no one in the government knows who or where they are. 16,000 in two weeks. And yet Mayorkas, Biden, and Harris claim the border is secure. Here's more. You can see in just this sector alone, in just this area, Sandra, since I've been on the ground since last week, they have encountered and apprehended six Iranians, three Lebanese, one migrant from China, one from Egypt, and one from Saudi Arabia. Just in this area, just since I've been here. But because the agents are so busy processing the migrants that are giving themselves up, it's those known gotaways that have more than 60 miles of this wide open, unpatrolled, unsecure border. Frankly, this should be grounds for impeachment. Yes, there's Biden corruption that is deep and widespread. Go after him on that. But there is also the basic constitutional duty to protect the United States. And Biden and Mayorkas are not only not doing it, but they are openly engaging in policies that hurt America. Former FBI Assistant Director Chris Srecker was recently on Fox News, and here's how he described the situation. We, are, we face the greatest threat to the homeland since pre-9-11, and we've made ourselves vulnerable. It's, it, this is self-inflicted. We basically opened up the southern border, and we nullified all the security measures that we implemented after 9-11 to protect this country and the homeland. So now we've turned our, our border patrol into basically Walmart greeters. They're just greeting people at the border. They're not screening anybody. And as your previous guest pointed out, we have no idea who's come across those borders. Border Patrol agents are now Walmart greeters. That just sums it up perfectly, and it shows that Joe Biden and the Democrats are purposely making Americans vulnerable to drug and human trafficking, gang violence, and yes, potential terrorist attacks. All right, next let's talk about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, because the left-wing squad, as they continue to praise Hamas and criticize Israel, AOC appears to be the designated spokesperson for the group. It certainly isn't fellow squad member and radical leftist Rashida Tlaib, who recently couldn't even denounce the beheading of babies resulting from Hamas's terrorist attacks. Terrorists have um, cut off babies' heads and burned children alive. Do you support Israel's rights to defend themselves against the brutality? We're just going to go through here. You can't comment about Hamas terrorists chopping off babies' heads. Do you condone what Hamas has done, chopping off babies' heads, burning children alive, raping women in the street? You have no comment about children's heads being chopped off? Just disgusting. 
How Democrats can vote for people like this is beyond me. And then we have AOC, who is so starved for attention that she will comment at almost every opportunity. And each time she confirms that, yes, she has no idea what she's talking about, and she is just as bad as Tlaib. Here's AOC during a recent interview on CNN, and I'll start with this question to AOC. As all of this kind of kicked off, you and several other of your colleagues uh, released a statement calling on a, for a ceasefire uh, in the region. But I wonder, what is Israel supposed to do about Hamas after they murdered, brutalized, mm-hmm. abducted over mm-hmm. a thousand of their citizens? Are they supposed to just do nothing? Great question. Hamas's terrorist attack led to the death of over 1,300 Israelis. The brutal manner of the attack has been replayed on videos across the internet for all to see. And yet the squad calls for an immediate ceasefire. What's up with that? Here's AOC. I think what's important to note about a ceasefire is that it's not one-sided. Hamas has been sending thousands of rockets into Israel as well. And what is important is for us to identify our goal in terms of what safety means, in terms of what defense means. But and I think I may, it, Congresswoman, I think the position from Israel's perspective is that there was already an attack mm-hmm. and Hamas already committed an attack. Mm-hmm. After that happened, do you really believe that they should not respond to that? I think what is important in terms of response is Israel does have a right to to self-defense. I think what we need to take a look at in this situation is if collective punishment qualifies as defense. Unreal. She's basically saying that Hamas gets a free pass. Yes, they committed an act of unspeakable terrorism, but since both sides are now launching rockets, they should both just stop. The left will always try to brand Israel as the bad guy. And even in the face of terrorism, AOC refuses to stand on the right side. Here's more. For Israel to deal with Hamas, which uh, is a force that is actually detrimental to Palestinians. Absolutely. How else are they supposed to address a violent militant, Mm -hmm. some say terrorist group, Mm -hmm. other than to go in there and and take them on directly? Well, you know, when we talk about going in there, I think we should also keep in mind President Biden's statements uh, as well about what what the implications of a potential ground invasion would be. This is an inherently complex situation. Again, AOC actually thinks that she's the smart one of the squad. Yet all she does is provide confirmation that these Democrats are anti-Israel and apparently pro-terrorism. Just pathetic. All right, next here's some rapid-fire headlines from around the country. Harvard University, as well as other left-wing institutions, are seeing the fallout for their complete embrace of anti-Semitism and pro-Hamas statements. Harvard was blasted for not coming out strongly against the terrorist attack, and the university has now lost a major donor. As reported by the Gateway Pundit, Leslie Wexner, the founder of Victoria's Secret and chair of the Wexner Foundation, has severed all financial and programmatic ties with woke Harvard University and its Kennedy School of Government. In a letter to the Harvard Board of Overseers, Wexner and other leaders of the foundation expressed their deep disappointment in the university's lack of moral clarity, writing, quote, We are stunned and sickened at the dismal failure of Harvard's leadership to take a clear and unequivocal stand against the barbaric murders of innocent Israeli civilians by terrorists, end quote. Next, I love it when the Democrats' embrace of Marxist policies comes back to bite them in the butt. And we are seeing that now with Adam Schiff in the Senate race to replace Dianne Feinstein. As Fox News reports, 
Both Democrat reps Katie Porter and Schiff are being told to drop out of the race because they are white. That's right. Diversity, equity, and inclusion are coming for the Democrats too. In a column in the Washington Post, podcast host Steve Phillips writes that, quote, time and again, it has been shown that black women are the heart and soul of the Democrat Party. Democrats across the country agree that black women are badly underrepresented in our nation's leadership. Schiff and Porter are white. Lee is a black woman. The right course is clear, isn't it? End quote. I wonder if Porter and Schiff will support equity in this race. We'll see. Finally, the state of Arkansas has decided to take the lead in protecting America from infiltration from the Chinese Communist Party. As reported by the Post Millennial on Tuesday, the state of Arkansas ordered a Chinese-owned company to divest itself of 160 acres of agricultural land. Due to legislation passed by the Republican-controlled legislature and signed by Republican Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders earlier this year, Attorney General Tim Griffin said Northrop King Seed Company, a subsidiary of Syngenta Seeds, which is owned by China National Chemical Company, or ChemChina, a Chinese state-owned company, has two years to divest the property in Craighead County. As you may know, Chinese purchase of American land has skyrocketed over the past decade, and the communist nation seems to have a particular interest in farmland and land near military bases. Great move by Arkansas. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And remember, today's show's one sheet is available to Patreon supporters using the link in the description. The one sheet gives you the links to all the videos and stories used on today's show, so you can dive even deeper into each issue. And with that, our next show will be Friday evening at the usual time. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.